Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they're played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. If our guest gets it wrong on the show, then I'll explain how you can enter to win a fabulous prize package. Listen closely. Good luck. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! Can you and I be friends? Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. Here he is, ready to pay the price for our home audience. In person, the butcher of Bakersfield! Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Xavier Host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for ultimate slacker prizes, and in the process, do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us, saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Goonie Google. So if you're listening to me right now, you might say, hey, something sounds a little weird about your voice, Abe. And you're right. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, so please excuse my voice this episode. But I am super excited to welcome back these two former guests to share their memories of our generation on the game show tonight. There's something here for everyone, but if you like reminiscing about the movies Airplane, Better Off Dead, and Star Wars, as well as TV shows from Generation X, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. This past summer, we played the home game with a guest named Cam. After we were done with the episode, we were chatting, and it turns out that we have a mutual friend in a different former contestant named Donovan, who happens to be a two-time champion on the game show. Long-time listeners might remember that Cam then put out a WWF-style challenge to Donovan, and I'm happy to announce that the challenge was accepted, and that brings us to tonight's episode. We're going to save the pop culture nostalgia of Generation X from being forgotten today with these two high school buddies. Let's give a very quick look to each of them now. Let's first welcome back to the show two-time undefeated champion 
and all-time point leader for the podcast, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of Who Will Say Generation X, Donovan. Welcome back, Donnie. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Zabe. I, I, I'm glad to be back. I uh, didn't think this would be necessary, but apparently maybe once a year I'll have to drop in to show what dominance looks like. And, um, you know, I appreciate that you said Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is by far the greatest basketball player of all time. I hold that to be true. So anyways, thank you so much. <laughs> it's great having you back, buddy. Let's also welcome back to the show the guy who got the grade of a B and rank of Howling Mad Murdoch on the home game this summer. Please welcome Cam. Thanks for being back on the show, my friend. Oh, absolutely. A pleasure to be here, Zabe, and especially to, you know, see some good faces again, uh, even Donovan's. Happy to be here, and let's let's uh, pluck some points out. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. Brother. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of trivia and games. Whoever has the most points at the end of round three will win a chance at today's ultimate slacker prize. But before we start round one, I'd like to remind everyone that the power struggle is once again in effect for this episode. In the opening of the show, you heard five quick clips, and the game is you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played here on the show. It could be from a movie, a song, a TV show, or whatever. But surely all of them are from Generation X. And don't call me Shirley. The game is at any time during the episode. Contestants can interrupt the game and declare that they want to solve the power struggle question. They only get one chance to answer it correctly. And if they are correct, then they instantly steal the power from their opponent. However, if the guests get it wrong here on the show, then we're going to open it up to all of you listening to the episode to contact the show to see if you can get it correct. All correct entries to contact the show via our newsletter will be entered into a drawing to win the prize package at the end of the podcast. So stick around to see if our guests can get the power struggle correct or not. Then I'll explain how you can send in your entry to try and win it. So listen close and see if you can win the power struggle. We're going to jump right into round one. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey guys, you know, you take the good. You take the bad. You take them both. And there you have our first game of the show. It's a game we call the Facts of Life. The Facts of Life. The Facts of Life. We're going to do the Facts of Life a little different this episode. Since Cam challenged Donovan to this episode, the judges thought we should do a Facts of Life head-to-head challenge instead of our regular top 10 style game. For this game, I'll read you the name of a random Gen X TV show, and you need to tell me which primary city that the TV show takes place in. The list rules are... Big cities like Los Angeles and New York have lots of suburbs, but we're not going to get that technical here. Largest metro area would be good enough to avoid a strike. But if you know the suburb, then we'll think your flex is super cool. The judges will be looking for the primary location that each show takes place in. So if we ask you about the Brady Bunch and you answer Hawaii just because the Brady's took a trip there, then you'll get a strike. And you might also get cursed by the Tiki Idol as well. An incorrect answer will get you a strike and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power, the power, which allows a player who has it to make all the choices in the game first and wins all ties. You'll get one point for each correct answer in the round. So tell me, guys, how well do you remember the cities of Generation X TV shows? We played an aggressive game of butts up backstage to see who goes first. And Donovan dropped the ball and could not tag the wall in time, which gave the win to Cam. 
you guys remember playing the game Butts Up at school? You guys remember that game? Oh, definitely. That was fun. For those of you listening, Butts Up was a game where kids throw a ball against the wall and other kids have to try and catch it after it ricochets off the wall. If you try and catch the ball but fail, it hits the ground and you have to run and you have to tag the wall before someone else can pick up the ball and throw it against the wall. If you tag the wall first, then you're safe. But if the ball hits the wall before you can tag it, then you have to stand up there against the wall and bend over and let all the kids playing chuck the ball at your butt as hard as they can. It was brutal, but very Gen X. <laughs> Welcome to youth. <laughs> yeah. We still play that at the schoolyard to this day. You still play it's that, Tommy? At school because um, the teachers frown upon it during baseball practice. Yeah. <laughs> that voice is Tommy Donovan's son, who's been on the show before. He's gonna oh, be no. chiming in, I think, every mm-hmm. now and then. That's good to know that that's survived the generations, Tommy. I'm happy to hear that. Listeners, you might have known that game by a different name, but in Southern California during Gen X, we called it Butts Up, and it was a bloodbath when someone had to stand up against the wall. We used to play it every day, and I think I need to tell my therapist that I finally identified the roots of my childhood trauma. <laughs> But let's get back to playing Facts of Life. We have 88 TV shows on and their cities on the list. To keep things fair, you give me a number between 1 and 88, and that'll be the show that you need to give me the name of the city for. Okay? So you can't accuse me or the judges of picking easier ones or harder ones. You're, it's, it's totally in your own control. All right. Between 1 Cam- and 88, I'll say 22. 22. The TV show was... Martin, early uh, 90s TV show. Where did that take place? I'm sad to say I never actually watched that show. So um, let's say <laughs> Chicago. That is incorrect. So since we're playing for points now in the Facts of Life, you get a chance to steal, Donnie. I would say New York City. Both of those incorrect. It took place in Detroit, Michigan. That was my second guess. I never I never watched Martin. That wasn't even my second guess. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a racist growing up, so I watched it all the time. Okay, Donnie, back to you. Dude. I wasn't the racist growing up, so I watched it all the time. Anyway, go ahead. Next. Is that bad? Should I not have said that? <laughs> You're such a I got a black friend type of guy. Well, <laughs> all I can say is the reason I didn't watch it is because I was in the Air Force at the time and we didn't get to watch a whole lot of TV. Okay, at least you got an excuse. Donnie doesn't. All right. So, Donovan, that was a free guess. That does not give you a strike, but now it's your turn. Give me a number between 1 and 88. 1. Number 1. The TV show is called WKRP in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. (laughs) That's correct. I that show all the time because there were a lot of white people in it. And that's... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's a lot of turkeys. And there was the turkey episode, the famous turkey episode. Well, in the beginning of the episode, there were a lot of turkeys, but not so much towards the end. (laughs) Not so much at the end of that particular episode. (laughs) WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay, back to you, Cam. You have one strike. Give me a number between one and 88. I'm so annoyed with that last one. WKRP in Cincinnati. I'm very annoyed (laughs) with that one right now. All right. Um, I'm going to say 42. The show. <laughs> you're going to get more annoyed when you get this one. The show is called Kojak. Who loves you, baby? That I'm pretty sure was Los Angeles. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. Telly Savalas was not in LA. Uh, Donnie, free chance for a point. I I never watched Kojak. Okay. I'm going to say that gritty Midwest show. I'm, I'm feeling yeah. Chicago. Chicago. That is yeah. incorrect as well. Where my second choice would be New York. 
You should have went with your second choice. Love you, baby. It was Cam. New York City. Yeah. See, I was going to say New York City. City. But yeah. I'm like, oh, stop saying New York. Okay, Cam, that is your second strike. Donovan, between one and 88. Two. The show <laughs> is... Fancy numbers like Cam goes with 42. <laughs> Two. Let's see if your strategy pays off. The show is Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I'm going to go with Beverly Hills. That's correct. Which is a different city than Los Angeles. So that was hard because I could have accidentally said Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so pissed right now. Then <laughs> <laughs> say three. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to. Okay, Cam. Here's your, here's I'm going to last... challenge myself. 105. <laughs> here's your chance to not strike out and stay alive. Give me a number between 1 and 88. Three. So you think I'm going to have three easy ones in a row? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn, I feel like you've got a bad break on this. I'm going to give you an I opportunity like to change too. your number. All right. Fine. Uh, 10. 10. The show is Family Matters. Oh. All right. I'm going to have to say Chicago. That's correct. Oh. Well done. Did I do that? Phil's police uniform. I, and I think I remember the Chicago PD thing going on. Okay. Donnie, are you going to keep your strategy or are you going to shake it up? I'm going to shake it up on, on, on my, my son's recommendation. 69. 69, dudes! <laughs> I don't even know if he gets the job. I do. He does. Okay. Okay. Someone's been paying attention to the podcast. Yeah. Number 69 on the show. Where does this show take place in? It's a show that was called Miami Vice. <laughs> so rad. Miami. Judges? That's correct. Miami Vice. Nailing it. Did take I'm place best. in I'm- Miami. <laughs> Threading a needle. This is how champions are made. <laughs> Cam doesn't look happy right now. Cam, it's back to you, buddy. You got this. Between <laughs> between one and eighty-eight, buddy. You know what Tommy has a point because you probably specifically put that as a reward for picking sixty-nine. That's so. exactly right. That's why I'm saying he's smart. Figuring yeah, that out. That was a smart strategy by Thomas. Yep. So. All right, I'm going to say eighty-eight. My finger is hovering over the X button. Number eighty-eight <laughs> is a show called. The Ren and Stimpy Show. Oh, God. <laughs> that took place in a city? According to uh, Wikipedia, it did. Like an actual <laughs> city or like a like a, a Ren and Stimpy city? I mean, I can't give you hints. Oh, wow. I'm, I guarantee you've heard of the city before. Come on, Cam. Think about it. Think about it. You can figure this out. You're a smart guy. I haven't seen that show since I was like late teens. Nobody has. I didn't even realize there was a city associated. Los Angeles. That's correct. Oh. Well done. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough. <laughs> nice job, Cam. Jeez. Now I got to get a show associated with a city that's not. Okay. You're going to wow. switch it back and go through the low numbers, Donnie, or are you going to switch it up again? I, I'm going to pick three. I'm going to find the face of, of adversity here. Okay. Yeah. Number three is an obscure TV show called Cheers. Oh, Boston. <laughs> Wow, you knew that right off the bat. I'm impressed. What the hell? I would have known that one. I was like answering. I didn't say you wouldn't, Cam. I just asked. I was giving you an opportunity to change your mind just in case. But, Cam, Cam, it's not called Cheers in Boston. So it took some We we recently had a discussion about how depressing the end of Cheers was. Yeah. No one really got anywhere. Wait, Tommy, you mean people that hang out at a bar their entire life didn't really make much out of their life at the end of the series? Yeah. You would have thought thought there would have been more to it. Wait, whatever happened to Woody's character? He became like a congressman, I believe. Oh, did he? Or city council. No, he did something. I thought he became a serial killer. No, that was his dad. 
Hey, Tom, we're trying to have a nice, fun family show here. Why don't you bring us down with your... Okay. But Norm never moves out of the bar. He's always drinking. He's always talking about how he hates his wife. One of his best wines is, woman, can't live with... I'll have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we? Where are we? I don't know. Uh, So you just got cheers, right? I get to pick. Okay, Cam. Back to you. Four. Four. My final answer. Cam's getting catching on. <laughs> Four is the spinoff show from Happy Days, Blansky's Beauties. I'm what? just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought there was a show called Blansky's Beauties. Wasn't there it? is. That was a spinoff of Happy Days. It was like Howard Cunningham's like cousin or something. She owned like a, I don't know, beauty salon or something like that's that. That's a or... weird reference. Like that's like, I, I thought I knew all the spinoffs from Happy Days. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Cam. Blansky's Beauties, by the way, probably would have took place in Milwaukee. It is somewhere here on the list, but I can't remember where it's at. Okay. <laughs> Number four is a show called Married with Children. Oh, God. Okay. Married with Children. I believe that one was Chicago. That is correct. Yeah. Well done, right. Cam. You're staying alive with two strikes. You got two answers with two strikes. That's, that's impressive. Okay, Donnie, back to you. Give me your next number. Five. Number five is a TV show called Alice. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's in Phoenix. I have I have a whole college thesis I wrote on Alice. I think it's a lot of fun that you picked that one because every single episode that you've been on, there's been a question about Alice. Right. And I was kind of hoping that this one would sneak its, its way in there dark, somehow. Dark, horrible show. Before <laughs> <laughs> a woman leaves her husband and then ends up a waitress in Phoenix for the remainder of her life. I mean, it's really, really bad. We we laughed at a lot of people's pain. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, back to you. Two strikes. This is win or go home right here. Give uh, me a number. Two six. Number six is Laverne and Shirley. Hello. Milwaukee. Yeah. I That's correct that. as well. Never been. Number to seven. Number seven for Donnie is a show called Too Close for Comfort. Too Close for Comfort in San Francisco. Correct as well. Is it Cam, right? I'll go with eight. <laughs> Don't hate the eight. The show was called One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. Okay. I uh, didn't want much of that. Um, thinking somewhere Midwest-ish, so I'll just say Chicago then. I'm sorry, Cam. That's incorrect. It was uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Is where that's right. It was. Right. That is right. I, I know. You know what? Now he says it. I remember. That's how revealing answers work. <laughs> Congratulations, Donnie. You've won round one. And that means you have the power. The power is yours. The score after round one is Donnie with six points and Cam with four. Don't hang your head, Cam. Plenty of points still remain in the game. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X here on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Please welcome back to the show, Cam. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Let me see your identification. Hi, my name is Cam. Uh, Born and raised in California. Grew up with Star Wars. Probably know everything about Star Wars now, especially since I'm now watching all of them over and over again with my son, which I do not dislike. Thanks for being here. It's great to have you back. Let's see if you can dethrone Donnie. Speaking of which, welcome back to the show. Two-time champion Donnie. Donovan, sorry. Welcome back to the show. Two-time champion Donovan. My bad. 
please tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Donovan. I live in Los Angeles, California with my beautiful wife and lovely son who's sitting next to me. What's who's, that? Also, who's also a Gen X or a Gen X champion here. I don't know what generation, what generation? Gen Z. Very, very late Gen Z. He's very late Gen Z. My qualifiers are I'm a two-time champion of a Gen X podcast, trivia podcast. So I think <laughs> that kind of is my qualifier there. We don't need to see his identification. That mixed with the year I was born and the impending sense of doom that has gone through my entire life. Um, my disqualifiers is I don't I don't know like I can't I didn't think of one. I'm sorry. Uh, a disqualifier. My bad. I should have emailed you several times in the last couple of months <laughs> to tell you make sure you think of a disqualifier. No, that's my bad, Donnie. <laughs> that's on you. That's that was all on me. You. That's on you. That is totally on you. Judges, do these contestants have the proper credentials to continue on the show? Great. Congrats, guys. Before we start round two, let's take another listen to the power struggle. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! Can you and I be friends? Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. to pay the price for our home audience in person the butcher of bakersfield let's move on to round two (laughs) round two round two today is a game called eight is enough in this game i'll ask a total of eight questions four to each of our contestants points are awarded for each correct answer two points for a complete correct answer and one pity point for a partial correct answer players take turns answering the questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly A steal is worth one point, but more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. The judges require that all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they might be. And if you say, I don't know, then you will lose a point and get slimed. The winner of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that you'll both be playing for in round three. However, the player who has the power in the round will go first in round three, which is a huge advantage. So Donnie, you have the power currently. That means you get to pick between these two questions will it be it's deflating which is a movie question or will it be roll them up which is also a movie question i'll go with roll them up some limp biscuit fan would go with that okay I'm not a limp biscuit fan some diehard <laughs> limp biscuit fan like I was you not a why are you wearing fan. a backwards red hat right now on the podcast if you weren't a, it is hardcore? a stocking cap of a surf <laughs> shop i go to in carpenteria <laughs> okay technically you have facts on your side so i'm gonna let it slide <laughs> This question is called Roll Em Up. It's a movie okay. question. National Lampoon's Vacation was based off a short story John Hughes wrote for the Lampoon magazine. Here's a question. When the Griswolds set out on their ill-fated road trip, their intended final destination is a Southern California amusement park, which is a parody of Disneyland called Wally World. Disney has Mickey Mouse. But what is the name of Wally World's mascot character? Isn't it Wally the Moose? That is incorrect. Cam, oh. here's a chance to get a steal and steal the power. I just remember a moose. So um... <laughs> that's all I remember too. What was that moose's uh, name, though? I got nothing. So you're saying I don't know? I don't know. Slime me. Really? We've never slimed anyone on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> then Waldo the moose. That is incorrect. Come on, guys. When it comes to theme park mascots, you got to have the alliteration. Mickey Mouse. It was Marty Moose. Yeah. 
Marty. I would have one point for me. Okay. I'm giving myself a point. I knew that. Uh, ah. So no ah. points on that one. Here's the fun fact, though. Like in John Hughes' original story, the Griswolds were originally supposed to be heading to Disneyland. In all likelihood, the name would have always been changed for legal reasons. Hollywood legend has it that Disney objected due to the fact that they're open 365 days a year and they wouldn't be closed when the Griswolds got to the park. Perhaps a modern remake of the show, the Griswolds would arrive at Disneyland on March 14th, 2020. That's a COVID joke. You don't get to make many COVID jokes. So. It's a COVID joke. We're bringing COVID into the comedy. Okay. Well, I might have COVID right now, so maybe I shouldn't make that joke anyways. You're going to be fine. You're going to I hope it. so. So no points on that one. Cam, this question is for you. All right. It's called, It's Deflating, which is a movie question. Airplane is the definitive disaster film parody. Using surreal slapstick and obscure humor, this classic comedy delivers a near constant stream of jokes. It's quotable. It's memorable, and it deserves its place in history as an iconic American comedy. One of the funniest visual gags in the movie happens after the flight crew has been incapacitated with food poisoning. Flight attendant Elaine has to contact the Chicago control tower for help and is instructed to deploy an emergency pilot, which turns out to be an inflatable doll. What is the name of the backup inflatable pilot? Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. No multiple choice. I know. I'd prefer multiple choice on this. Uh, I'm sure you would. <laughs> what is the name of the inflatable automatic pilot? Had to be something silly. You think? <laughs> or just something regular like Bob. So I'll say Bob. That is incorrect. This character in the movie does get a credit. Shortly <laughs> after they show Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they show this character and they, they give him a name. Donnie, can you steal? I All, I, all I'm visualizing is the uh, steward is blowing him up. That's Yeah, all same here. Up. Like when you were reading it, I thought you were going to somehow dance around like, where is the inflatable blow up section on the inflatable doll? I don't even realize that he had a name. I'm just going to say Marty the Moose and call it a day. That's me. (laughs) That is also incorrect. Oh, wait, that was the last question. So I would (laughs) have. Yeah. I get a point for getting the last question right. (laughs) There's no points for either of you. Did Tommy know it? No. Um. Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's not it. His name was Otto the Autopilot. Oh. Otto. That's Otto. Otto. Otto was the be Otto. Answer. Otto would be the name. Otto. Yes. That was the name of the autopilot in in um uh, Wally also. So you only know one name of any autopilot in anything, and you didn't pick that one? Well, the only autopilot name you knew <laughs> in existence, and you went with Bob or whatever it was? Well, because I was thinking the same way Donovan was thinking. Oh, Bob, I get it. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Notch, notch, know what I mean? Say no more. Oh! <laughs> wow, yeah, you're dirty, it. Cam. <laughs> dirty. Anyway. Yes, Otto the Autopilot was his name. Auto the autopilot can only get them to Chicago, which leaves it up to Ted Stryker, the hero of the story, to land the plane safely. According to Jerry Zucker, he had auto stored in his garage after the filming, but the doll ultimately disintegrated after a few years. If only Elaine had been there to inflate some life back into him. See, this is where we play the nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Say That's where we get dirty like on the show. I Cam's answer Bob now. So yeah. <laughs> so do I. I kind of like that. I like that. Better. <laughs> Hey, whew, okay. Are, is, are we done with the hard questions? 
Donna, you retain the power. The score is still six to four in your favor. And you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be Don't Stop Me Now, which is a music question? Or will it be Look, Look into, into the, the eyes, eyes of the dragon, dragon and despair? Movie question. Don't Stop Me Now. The question is called Don't Stop Me Now. Freddie Mercury, Brian May, Roger Taylor, and John Deacon. Queen. <laughs> so far, you're correct. Has there ever been a more talented rock band than Queen? For this band, it wasn't enough to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Each member has individually written at least three hit singles, which means Queen is the only band to have every member also inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Hmm. Here's the question. May, Taylor, and Deacon each wrote three number one hits. How many did Freddie Mercury write? This is a multiple choice. Thank God. Is it A, three as well? B, five? C, nine? Or is it D? 69. 69. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me. I'm going to go with nine. Nine is. Incorrect. Cam, here's your chance to steal the power and get a point. All right. uh, Your options were three, five, nine, and 69. Don't pick 69. It's 69. I'm going to say five. Five is correct. Well done. So here's the fun fact. Freddie Mercury wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. We are the champions. Somebody to love. Crazy little thing called love and don't stop me now. Oh, okay. Brian May wrote, We Will Rock You, Fat Bottom Girls, and Who Wants to Live Forever. Roger Taylor wrote Radio Gaga, A Kind of Magic, and These Are the Days of Our Lives. And finally, John Deacon wrote, You're My Best Friend, Another One Bites the Dust, and I Want to Break Free. So, Cam, you've stolen the power. You got one point and you get this question. Power play here, if you can get it. This question is called Look into the Eyes of the Dragon and Despair, which is a movie question. And I know the movie it's from, but (laughs) let's see if you can get the question, though. The legendary stories of Merlin, Camelot, and King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table are some of the most ancient tales we have in Western history. And it makes sense that these stories have fascinated filmmakers ever since the medium was invented. Excalibur is an epic film by British filmmaker John Bowman. And that takes us through the Arthurian legend. Here's the question. Excalibur was shot entirely on location in Ireland and is an important film to Ireland and the UK, particularly for launching the careers of several well-known Irish and British actors. Which of these actors did not appear in Excalibur? Is it A, Liam Neeson, B, Syrian Hines, C, Ian McKellen, or D, Gabriel Byrne? Um, I'm going to say C, Ian McKellen. That is correct. Well done. <laughs> A lot of confidence in your answer, too. Well done. It was always showing on Showtime when I got home from school, so I would just watch (laughs) it and not do my homework. There were boobies in it. There was. (laughs) Helen Mirren's. Yeah. Nice melons. Hey, I'm just saying. I remember on Showtime, too. I was a kid. It was Showtime. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Ian McKellen was not in Excalibur, but his good friend and sometimes co-star Sir Patrick Stewart was. Funnily enough, both men have been granted knighthoods in real life. Rumor has it that Ian McKellen was thought of to play Merlin in Excalibur, but movie executives didn't think Sir Ian could pull off playing a wizard in a movie. (laughs) So Cam, with that correct answer, you've taken the lead. You have seven points. Donnie has six and you have the power and you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be Merci Buckets, which is a movie question, or will it be Cinema Soundcheck, which is a head-to-head challenge? Cinema Soundcheck. For this question, I will give you the titles of tracks of a musical score of a popular movie from Generation X. And you need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. 
Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and that should give you the hints you need to name the movie. We will go back and forth between each player, who will give me a new movie title with each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. You get some clues. IMDb lists this film as an action drama thriller. It was released in 1984, and it was rated PG-13. Cam, your song one movie title is called Main Title. Hmm. Main title. What movie is that from? <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm naming the movie. The movie title that has a title of a track in their soundtrack called Main Title. Come on. How hard can that be? <laughs> Dune. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. You've been spending a while like trying to find albums with really obscure titles. I've noticed. It's <laughs> like the first time we did this, it was like Rubble in Nakasaki Tower. And we're like, die hard. <laughs> Done. It was like done in like two seconds. And now yeah. it's like main title. Next one. Main title part two. <laughs> <laughs> main title reprise. Okay, hit me. Song two is called The Drive-In. So far we have The Drive-In and Main Title. Action drama thriller 1984, The Drive-In. This, I mean, I think this is too early, but I'm going to say The Outsiders. That is incorrect. Let's move on to song three. Cam, this is for you. It's called Let It Turn. Let It Turn. The drive-in main title. Karate Kid. Interesting choice. I, th I think I see where you're going. I think that'd be more for Karate Kid 2, though. This is the drum technique, if you recall. Anyways. Song four, back to you, Donnie. It's called Attack of the Helicopters. Hmm. Attack of the Helicopters. Let it turn. The drive-in and main title. No help from Tommy. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I think I know what it is. Um. I'm not going to give a hint out here. I I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. I can't remember the freaking name. I can't remember the name, but I know exactly the movie. And it's, really? um, I'm just going to, I'm going to say the Lost Boys, but that's not it. <clears throat> Lost Boys is incorrect. Cam, back to you. Song five is Dead Tanks. Dead, Dead Tanks. I know exactly what it is. Attack of the Helicopters. Let it turn. The drive-in main title can only be the movie. Platoon. That is incorrect. The judges are very excited. Right now, we got to our song six. That's the deepest we've ever run in Cinema Soundcheck. Donnie, back to you. The new song title is The Invasion. The Invasion, Dead Tanks, Attack of the Helicopters, Let It Turn, The Drive-In, has a main title. Red Dawn. Kicks. Red Dawn is correct. Uh, oh, I, I, and I wanted to say Wolverines over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> if I said that, Cam would have got it, so I kept my mouth shut. I didn't give it away. Yeah, Red right Dawn on. is correct. Well done. All eight are main title, The Drive-In, Let It Turn, Attack the Helicopters, Dead Tanks, The Invasion. Song seven was Russian Army Cadence. And if you didn't get it by then, song eight was Attack of the Wolverines. That would have been nice. And yeah. that, that, that movie, if you go back and watch it, huge propaganda piece. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's sad, too, man. That movie is so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. I cry every time. He's carrying his little brother, dead body, like through the... Oh, Even to this day? To this day, I cry when I see that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big softy. It's okay for macho men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times. I'm going to cry some more. Here's the fun fact. In the opening of the movie, we see paratroopers landing outside of the school that the teens attend. Five of the 36 paratroopers in the beginning of the movie got blown as, as much as a mile off course during filming. One of them got stuck in a tree and he had to convince the locals that he wasn't really an invading Russian soldier. <laughs> Stock up on Sprite cans, but not actual water. Right. They go to this gas station. And, and they, they stock up on sodas, but not waters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. Guys, let's get all the candy. Oh, and here's the med kit. We don't need that. We don't have room for our Coca-Colas. And a football. How yeah. did that help him? Donnie, that means you've stolen the power back. Feel the power. I have. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> and that means you tied the game. And you get this question. It's called Merci Buckets. Movie question. Savage Steve Holland wrote Better Off Dead based on the notes he kept about stupid ways to try and commit suicide after an attempt he made failed spectacularly. Holland channeled his own dark feelings about life that mirrored Lane's in the movie to create a cult comedy classic. Like Holland in real life, Lane learns that things do get better and that he does have things in life worth living for after Monique, a French exchange student, moves in next door to help him get back on his feet and out of his own head. When we last see Monique and Lane, they're kissing at the home plate of a famous California baseball stadium. Which is it? Is it A, Candlestick Park, then home of the San Francisco Giants? B, Dodger Stadium, home of the Los Angeles Dodgers? C, Jack Murphy Stadium, then home of the San Diego Padres? Or is it D, Angel Stadium, home of the Disney's California Angels of Los Angeles in Anaheim? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium is correct. Well done. Here's the fun fact. Diane Franklin, who played Monique, was later invited to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium in 2004. It only took them 24 years to make this connection. Way to go, Dodgers. All I want is to come to the States and see Dodger Stadium. Dodgers, huh? Then you will not tell? That you're a Dodgers fan? <laughs> no, that I speak English. Cross my heart and hope to die. Do you? Not at the moment. Way to go, Donnie. You have taken the lead. You have nine points to Cam right. seven. Okay, Donnie, this question's for you. You get to pick between yes. these two. It's the final okay. two questions in the round. Here we go. The questions are called, these are not the droids you're looking for, which is the movie mm. question, or will it be name that auto-tune head-to-head challenge? I'm going to take these are not the droids you're looking for because I know that's Cam question. And by taking it, I limit the amount of points you can get, or I can possibly get it right. And I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah, <laughs> he's not allowed to tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, Cam kind of showed his hand by saying he's been watching a lot of Star Wars lately. So. Right, right. See, so so this is a strategic choice where nice. I say, hey, you know, take I, that. I can at least limit his ability to score points on this one. I nice. say that's a good strategy. Good strategy. Yeah. Let's see if it pays off. These are not the droids you're looking for. We talk about Star Wars so much on this podcast. I'm running out of words to gush over it. Science fiction geek or not, if you are from Generation X, you're probably a fan of Star Wars on some level. And if you're not, then this might be a Gen X disqualifier for you to consider if you ever come on the game show. George Lucas built such a big world that even the original trilogy doesn't contain everything from the Star Wars dictionary, even if we are including everything that came after Return of the Jedi. Which of these common Star Wars glossary terms is spoken in the original three film trilogy? Which of these following words and phrases is in the first trilogy? Is it A, lightsaber? B, Palpatine? C, Ewok, D, Sith, or is it E, Ryan Johnson should not be allowed within 1,000 miles of anything ever having to do with Star Wars ever, ever, ever again. Only all, one of those words was ever spoken in the original trilogy. In all three or just one? In any one of the three original trilogy movies, episode four, five, six, only one of those words, lightsaber, Palpatine, Ewok, or Sith, which of those words was spoken in at least one of the three original movies? Was spoken on screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Lightsaber, Palpatine, Ewok, or Sith, or a rant about Ryan Johnson. So it has to be spoken on the screen, not referred to. 
I'm, I'm just yes, that's how dialogue works. It needs to be spoken on <laughs> in the movie. So right. What was spoken in English in the movie? I'm going to say lightsaber. Lightsaber is correct. Well yeah. done. Oof. Damn it. Do you know that one, Cam? But all, all, all of them you would think were. That yeah, makes this an interesting trivia question. They didn't mention Sith till later, and they definitely. Sith, like, yeah, Sith, I kind of knew. Palpatine, I kind of knew. The two that I didn't was e- I was guessing between Ewok and lightsaber. Well, the so, one word I wish was never uttered was midichlorian. I tell you that much. But I don't think you could make the yes. movie. I think you, I don't think you could make the movies without saying the word lightsaber. I, I only remember it being said once when Palpatine's trying to turn Luke um, at, in the third one, and he's like, "Draw your lightsaber and strike me down with all your rage." No, but they never said the word Palpatine. They never said Palpatine. He doesn't say lightsaber there either. Right. You see him, but you don't. Take up your weapon. I am Anon. Oh, good. You do. Strike me down. (laughs) Strike me down with your hate and your trip to the dark side will be complete. What Star Wars impressions? (laughs) The podcast is going in weird directions. Let's do it. I say that line to my daughter all the time. So, okay. Yes. Lightsaber is the correct answer. Good deal. We hear Ben say it in his little home in the desert in Tatooine. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. What is it? Your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. That's 11 points for you, Donnie. Cam, this question's for you. Name that auto-tune head-to-head challenge. I'm not feeling good about this one. Well, let's play it out and see how it works. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you need to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they will also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary, just like Luke did in the beginning of Star Wars. Doesn't look like we have much of a choice, but I'll remind him. There are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering, with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could be potentially worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. We'll give you a hint and try and help you by letting you know the year the song was released, as well as the genre the song belongs to, according to Wikipedia. That last bit may or may not be helpful to you, depending on who wrote the entry. Cam, this is your question, so you get to go first. Song one is a song from 1984, and Wikipedia calls this a glam metal, heavy metal, hard rock, speed metal song. Digest that. The judges also looked up the song genre on Google as well, and they included children's music as a genre for this song. I disagreed until I rewatched the music video. See if that helps you or not. So here's the judge's version. Listen closely and tell me artist and title. Oh, man. I think the clock is slow. What are you doing this weekend? Mm. I don't feel tardy. Class dismissed. Ooh, yeah. What do you got, Cam? Van Halen, hot for teacher. Let's see if you're correct. Well done, Cam. That is two more points for you. That was some speed drumming that they did. Yeah. I wouldn't call it that speed metal. Right. 
Well, it's almost as if Wikipedia doesn't have a firm grasp on <laughs> music genres. Wow. One might accuse them Sarcasm of Sarcasm is thick with COVID zane. <laughs> In the video, there are children actors playing the young versions of each band member at the school. The kids bonded with the rock stars. And by day three of the video shoot, little Michael Anthony was wearing big Michael Anthony's earrings. Little David Lee Roth borrowed and lost big Dave's sunglasses. And big Eddie Van Halen gave little Eddie one of his guitars from his own collection. We'll see if that guitar is now up on eBay in the prize vault later in the episode. <laughs> Thanks for that giggle. <laughs> Donnie, this song's for you. Song two is a uh, song from 1991, and it belongs to the hard rock and glam metal genres, according to Wikipedia. In 91? Wow, okay. 91. Here's the judge's version. And when your fears subside and shadows still remain, Ooh, yeah. I know that you can love me when there's no one left to blame. So never mind the darkness. We still can find a way. Um, uh, I was thinking it was Metallica Enter Sandman, but I don't think that's it. Metallica Enter Sandman, that's not it. It is an incorrect answer. Cam, you look uh, excited. Tell us what it is. November Rain, Guns N' Roses. Really? Let's see if he's right. Okay. I, that would be out of the right now. <laughs> I, need a, I need a lighter. <laughs> yeah, bust out your lighters if you got them, listeners. Well done, Cam. Good job. You've stolen the power back again. Here's a fun fact. Actually, I'm not going to read this fun fact. I don't, I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fun facts about Jane. Not so fun. It is, <laughs> this isn't a fun fact. I just. It was a super long double album, and then they stopped showing up for concert dates. And so there was really a bad GNR. I had tuned out of the band by then, you know, so. Yeah, I think that was the, uh, the beginning of the end. It's a great double album, though. I enjoyed it. I was knee-deep in flannel by that point. <laughs> just like, if you were, if it wasn't rainy and depressing, I just was not listening to it. So, so November rain's not rainy November and depressing rain? enough for you? It was Hello? not rainy and depressing enough for me, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Cam, you have 10 points. Donnie has 11. You're down one point, but you have the power. You can win round two and retain the power with the correct answer to this last song in the round. This is a song from 1976. Mm. Wikipedia calls this a hard rock song. Here is the judge's version. She keeps nagging at you night and day. Enough to drive you nuts. Pick up the phone. Leave her alone. It's time you made a stand. For a fee. I am happy to be your backdoor man. Woo. That would be ACDC, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. Congratulations, Cam. You now have 12 points at the end of the round. 
which means you've won round two. Well done. That's a that's a nice comeback. Yeah, well, I love my music, especially from then. And that was ACDC with Bon Scott singing. You don't gotta you don't gotta flex about it. You got it right. Oh, just I got it right. wow. I'm just, I got it I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> that was a great comeback in round two. Well done. Here's a fun fact for them. In 1981, a couple from Libertyville, Illinois, sued the band for invasion of privacy after they were inundated with phone calls due to the song. Oh. Their attorneys told oh, wow. the Chicago Tribune that the song's lyrics of 362436 were followed by a hey, which to his client sounded a lot like an eight, which just happened to be their phone number. The couple claimed they received hundreds of lewd, suggestive, and threatening phone calls, presumably asking for various dirty deeds done at a low prices. <laughs> the couple asked for $250,000 in damages from the band and demanded that the band re-record the song. However, shockingly, a judge ruled against them in this case. Shocking. Why didn't they change their number? (laughs) (laughs) Simple enough. Lazy. Because they wanted to get a quarter million bucks out of them. Well, what about anyone who had the number of 8675309? I mean, they were really screwed. Absolutely. I think there was uh, some litigation around that as well. Back then, like, did you even care about area codes? Like, that wasn't really a thing for us growing up. At least it wasn't for me. I mean, I didn't dial long distance because it cost too much money. You weren't allowed to call long distance. If you called long distance, it was like you, you had to sit there in silence talking to your grandmother for, you know, <laughs> like, uh, hi, grandma. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay, mom, I'm done. Yeah. And then you handed it back. That was always right. that awkward thing they did to us, you know, because I was like, oh, you only got a few minutes to talk to grandma. And then you handed you the phone and you were forced to sit there. And I had nothing to say. Love to. Nothing. <laughs> How's school? Fine. great conversations well worth the uh 30 cents a minute or whatever it was okay that's the end of round two donnie we're gonna give you one last chance to solve the power struggle question to steal the power before we go into round three remember you need to name what the clip is from and in the correct order listen closely here's your last listen to the power struggle why would i put it there kindness 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 you stole it he's can you and I be friends? Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. Here he is, ready to pay the price for our home audience. In person, the butcher of Bakersfield. Okay, Donnie, what <laughs> is your final answer? Plane, trains, and automobiles for the first one. I'm going to go with child's play for the second one. I gave him that. Uh, I'm going to go for the third one. I, I'm going to guess Power of Love by Hugh Lewis in the news. There you go. Fourth one, E.T. the video game. Don't know. The fifth one, the running app. Judges, how close was he? Someone was shot of food. Pretty close. You got a couple of them, but that is incorrect. I'm sorry. That means we turn this over to the listeners to see if they can get it correct and claim the prize package. To enter for a chance to claim that generous prize package, you can join our newsletter and they'll be placed there for you to send in your answers. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes for this episode or by visiting our website at whowillsavegenx.com. Good luck. For winning round two, we will banish your opponent into the phantom zone. Cam, you and I are going to take a secret trip to the prize vault where you are going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Thundar the Barbarian will return after these messages. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and subscribing for future episodes. The only way a show like this gets anywhere in the podcasting universe is by positive reviews and word of mouth amongst friends. So if you're inclined, please help spread the word about the podcast and share it with that special Gen Xer in your life. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. We now return to the amazing Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk. Okay, Cam, let's pick a prize that you're going to be playing for. So we have the item picked. Round three. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think are the most popular responses from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via our newsletter. The player who has the power gets to answer first with player two unable to hear their responses. Player two will then have to give their responses to the same five survey questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever ends up with the most points wins the game and goes on to claim their chance at a prize that Cam has picked. If you'd like to take part in Dysfunctional Family Feud surveys, sign up for a newsletter today, and it will include a spot for you to reply to upcoming surveys and get your answers on the show. Let's play Dysfunctional Family Feud. Okay, Cam, you get one pass. Make sure you use your pass. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. What breakfast cereal did you really want, but your parents never bought for you? Fruit Loops. Name a popular actor or actress who is also a popular musician. Gary Sinise. Whoops, my finger slipped. Uh, name a famous car from Generation X. Dukes of Hazards, General Lee. What was the worst video game at the arcade? Zaxxon. Wash your mouth out. <laughs> Besides Darth Vader, name a villain from Star Wars. Jabba the Hutt. Okay, let's bring Donnie back in. Okay, we have recorded Cam's answers that you could not hear off screen. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Cam. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, you'll hear this sound, and I'll ask you for your new answer. Also, I just want to remind you, make sure you filter everything through the Gen X timeline, not your personal favorite. Because you are the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the podcast, I'm going to give you an advantage and say, don't say Gary Sinise to any of these answers. Okay? (laughs) Gotcha. Your time will begin after I finish reading. The first question, what breakfast cereal did you really want, but your parents never bought for you? Cocoa Crisp. Name a popular actor or actress who is also a popular musician. Uh, 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 Rick Springfield. Name a famous car from Generation X. Kit Car. Did you say Kit? Yeah. What was the worst video game at the arcade? Uh, the Pinball Machine. I just realized you wanted like a brand of a car, didn't you? I was like going with like some TV car. Anyway, go ahead. We'll see Sorry. how that works out for you. <laughs> Probably not well. <laughs> I mean, I was asking for a video game and you gave me a pinball machine. So I don't know if that's going to work for, for you either. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and finally, besides Darth Vader, name a villain from Star Wars. 
I mean, it's all a matter of perspective. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> Senator Palpatine. Senator Palpatine. Interesting. Emperor Palpatine. Sorry. Chancellor Palpatine. Chancellor Palpatine. Whatever. Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine. We'll just go with the emperor, huh? There you go. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's go to the scores. I asked you, what breakfast cereal did you really want, but your parents never bought for you? Cam, you gave us Fruit Loops, which gave you three points. Donnie, you gave us, we clarified your answer, and you said Cocoa Krispies, which also gave you three points. Wow. Going into this round, Cam had 12 points. Donnie had 11. We had three to each of those. That means score is 15 to 14 in Cam's favorite. Tommy took the survey too, just for funsies. And you said Count Chocula, which was the number two answer, were 23 points. Wow. So if the game was over right now, Tommy, you would beat both of these Gen Xers. And this 11-year-old would have would beat both of you guys. His mama named him Tommy. The number one answer was Captain Crunch. Because parents didn't want uh, their kids' roof of their mouth to bleed when they ate breakfast. Yeah, I think Captain Crunch killed a guy. Something always told me they were reading Tommy wrong. Dark. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Anyway, okay. <laughs> You know, we get information for these surveys from our listeners via our newsletter, and sometimes we get interesting replies, so I'd like to read some of the honorable mentions. Honorable mention goes to the two liars that said grape nuts, and the poor kid who also was never allowed to eat Cheerios growing up. Those are some strict things. Yeah. Also, shout out to the one dude who wrote, shredded wheat. They knew it was dog crap, but I didn't believe him, and he wanted it anyways. Question two was, name a popular actor or actress, actress, the key phrase here, who is also a popular musician. Cam, you yeah. gave us the very popular answer of Gary Sinise, <laughs> which surprisingly did not make the survey. Well, you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dang. Leaving you at 15 points. Gary Sinise did sing, though. He did. Okay, but, he but like. A singer. He's like in a band. All the popular plays. ones to pick from. <laughs> Gary Sinise. He's in a band. I think he's I couldn't a band think of a crossover. I couldn't you know, think Cam, of one. I give, I'm giving you. It's a tough question. Donnie, you gave us Rick Springfield. Yes, it was. And that gave you 21 points. Oh. Rocketing you to the lead, 35 to 15, unless Tommy could beat you with his answer of Danny Elfman. I like Danny Elfman. I love him too, but he did not make the survey. Sorry. The number one answer, surprisingly, was Madonna, guys. Madonna, Madonna a very okay. popular singer. Perhaps you've heard of her. actor. I mean, popular she's in a lot actor. of stuff. Yeah. Well, women are actors too. I, I call Cam a sexist pig. <laughs> but she was not a popular acting person. She did. No, Desperately Seeking Susan. And she did um, Dick Tracy. Yeah, she, she did was, Evita. Evita. Oh, she did do Evita. I remember Evita. Too. Yep. I was gonna tell a League of Their right. Own. A League of Their Own. But at least she was in. I mean, I got, I got 23 points for Rick Springfield. He was on General Hospital. <laughs> That's about it. I don't think he did anything else besides General Hospital. Honorable mentions go to the votes of David Hasselhoff. The Germans love him. John Stamos, Charo, Gucci Gucci, and Tim Capello, better known by many as the saxophone player dude from The Lost Boys. <laughs> I still believe. Yeah. Next question was, name a famous car from Generation X. Cam, you give us the very popular General Lee, which gave you 20 points. Well done. Donnie, you give us the even more popular kit from Knight Rider. Which gives you 38 points because he was the number one answer. Oh, is it, after I said that, I thought you mean like like a Honda Civic. Just for funsies, Tommy gave us DeLorean, which was the number two answer, worth <sighs> 23 points. Very good. Tommy's blowing us out of the water. Tommy's yeah. good at these games. He, he, he listens 
all the time. The score is Cam with 35, Donnie with 73. And me with 46. Honorable mentions go to a bitching Camaro. Wow. A Gen Xer got loose with a 69 Impala. Yes. 69, dudes. And finally, shout out to the one dude who said Ricardo Montalban's Chrysler Cordoba and the rich Corinthian leather. Yes, even rich Corinthian leather. You owe yourself a ride in this new, smaller Chrysler Cordoba. I like what they've done to my car. Question four was, what was the worst video game in the arcade? I had a heart attack when Cam said Zaxxon. Because I love that game. But one person agreed with him. You got one point on that one, Cam. (laughs) You have 36 points. Donnie said pinball, which is not a video game at all, and got you no points. Wrong! It's it's in the the arcade. It's in the arcade. Stop whining. The question was a video game at the arcade. A video game. Video being the... Appropriate thing to respond to in that question. Whatever. No points. I I love all video games, so you know I'm not gonna bag on any of them. They all there were people who worked on all of them hard. (laughs) I'm the creator of ET. That was a tough game to make. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Okay, (laughs) we're going off the rails here. Yes, Tommy, you gave us Dragon's Lair, which was the number one answer. Really? Yes. We're 25 points. Dragon's Lair, you played a couple times, so you realized it wasn't worth 50 cents. Well, I was surprised that so many people said Dragon's Lair. I, I know it cost twice as much to play, but I always felt it was worth it. I loved playing that game. If you got you good on it, it, no, it's rad. You just see what happens next in the animation. It was so much called fun. Book. <laughs> it was a game changer. I love that game. It's called a book. Or a movie. Yeah, there you go. Or a stage right. play. Let's just agree to disagree and remain friends. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. Shout out to the voted worst games of Gorf, Quicks, Defender, and Tapper. And the person who should have got the number one answer, who said the ones that had out-of-order signs on them. A out-of-order video game is the worst video game. So the scores going into the final question. Cam with 36 points. Donnie with 73 points. And me with 71. And Donnie with 71. (laughs) Wow. He does have 71. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. He's only two points behind you, Pops. So it all comes down to, besides Darth Vader, name a villain from Star Wars. Tommy, you gave us Boba Fett, which surprisingly only got six points. Mm. What? Ending you up with 77 points. Yeah, Boba Fett should have been a higher one, I believe. But He's worth a lot to me. Donnie, you gave us the controversial answer of Luke Skywalker. Oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. We're wasting our time. All perspective, man. I mean, if you're yeah. an emperor, right, then Luke Skywalker is a bad guy. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this on this podcast, you always know you have a bad answer when your response ends up as one of the honorable mentions. It just isn't fair. That only got you one point because one other person said that. Oh, book, book. Yeah, yeah. Got a point. You guys should get together and bond. Don't do that. <laughs> Donnie, you have 74 points. Cam, you have 36. You need 38 to tie. You have the power. So if you tie, you win. Mm. You gave us Jabba the Hutt. Which was the number one answer? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. The question is, is it worth enough? What did Genex say? Survey said. It was worth 30 points. Oh. Which means by the narrowest of margins, Donnie, you are now a three-time champion on the podcast. And you are definitely doing your part to save Generation X. Congratulations. Heavy is the crown. What's Tommy's actual points? 77. Tommy beat us both. 
Tommy got 77 and beat you both. Indeed. He beat it. But you could have heard a pin drop when Tommy stopped and locked the door. He didn't even play the first two rounds. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, Cam, this means you lost this episode. I'm sorry things didn't quite go your way during the show, but did you have a good time on the show anyways? I had a fantastic time. It was great to see you guys again, and it was great good to, to see Donovan again. And it was awesome to meet Donovan's son, Tommy, who honestly beat us both, but, you know. <laughs> And I will definitely do it again, but you know, I might have to just kind of go for that rematch and you know, to hit that title shot again. Hi, right. ain't gonna be no rematch. Ain't gonna be no. <laughs> I don't want one. I want a match. I don't know if we can find another eleven-year-old to go toe-to-toe with you, Tommy. We'll have to find someone. So quick honorable mentions for this last question goes to Stormtrooper TK421, who's a total douche, <laughs> the, the guy at the cantina who didn't like Luke's face, oh, and yeah. the salty Gen Xer who voted for George Lucas. <laughs> for the win of the game, I offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I'll place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Cam until I'm the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes Cam had to pick from, and then I'll let him reveal what was chosen. The first items in the prize vault are, as a show tradition, we have Garbage Pail Kids Damaged Dawn, and we couldn't find anything close to the name Cam, so we landed on Joe Blow. Use your imagination on what they both might look like. Here are four vintage still photos of the production of the movie Excalibur. They do include a picture of Merlin, but sadly, it is still not Sir Ian McKellen. Next, we have a mesh crop top football style half shirt ripped right from the cliches of every teen bully ever seen in any 80s movie ever. This is in no way a subtle dig on one of today's guests who may or may have not been a bully to me in high school. We're just going to let that drop. Wow. Wow. Wasn't me. <laughs> what? You're just mad at me for bullying you, apparently, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought I made up for all that, but the target. You totally made up for it, Donnie. I'm just telling you, I, I took, I took the heat, and I was like, this guy didn't do anything. Why are you firing him? Donnie, said, it is well documented how much I love you, buddy. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Anyway, okay. I looked for a blow-up doll to represent Otto here on the prize vault, but seeing how eBay is pretty much an online garage sale, looking for a blow-up doll on it seems somewhat, uh, what's the word? (laughs) Unsanitary, I think. So instead, we have this hand-signed autographed poster by the director of the movie, Jerry Zucker. Finally, this is an eBay mystery box. I don't know why it took us 30 episodes to think of this one, but here we are. There are no clues to what's in this box, but we do know what's in this mystery box. So Donnie, you can pick what item that Cam picked for you, or you can choose the homebrew mystery box from the podcast. Cam, please reveal to us what item you picked and why, and then Donnie will get your what you want to do. Well, I picked the air, the signed airplane by, signed by director. Yeah, Jerry Zucker, uh, mostly because, you know, Airplane is an awesome movie and can be quoted over and over and over and over again. And it's something that I was expecting to win, so I did not specifically choose it for Donovan. <laughs> you, you were expecting to win? Wait, hold on. Yeah, I want right to go back on that one. You were expecting to win? Yeah, really? Yeah, I'm right, I was. Two points up on a on a two-time you return. How many points you up thought, I got this in the bag? I mean, I technically won. I know, Tommy technically won. Well, but you were two points up on a surprise. Two points up on a two-time champion. You're like, oh, I got this. Two times! Damn right. I mean, that's... <laughs> Why would I not? Do you realize I've won every episode that I've won? I've won on dysfunctional family feud. 
I'm well, always considering I'm, that's round three. It's uh, not. No, no, no. But I'm never. I'm never ahead going into round three. Oh, I don't think I've ever been ahead. I'm always like losing. I think. I think that's true. I, it sounds true. It feels true. That's what we're going to go with. It's truthy. It's truthy. It's truthy. So we'll say it. Okay. okay. So Donnie, what are you going to do? You want the bid or do you want to take the mystery box? Mystery box or the sign poster? I might decide if you play what's in the box. <laughs> do you still have those on the noise maker? What's in the box? The box. That's, I, he has uh, a sound effect. He's going to be in there now. What's in the box? Can you hit it now? Of course I do, Tommy. It sounds just like this. What's in the box? Uh, no one ever chooses the box. I think we should go with the box. We're, we're going to go with the mystery box. What's in the box? All right. So instead of the bid, you're going to go with the mystery box. And in this episode, mystery box, we have. What's in the fucking box? Beautiful collector's pen that shows Skeletor in his reclined position laughing in a heart-shaped pen. That says, live, laugh, love. Are you serious? I'm serious. You have a little lapel pin that you can wear and proudly display that you won this on a game show. I now... Skeletor saying, live, laugh, love. The lapel pin I can put on my suit coat? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm running for public office. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone have an American flag? I'll have my lapel pin of Skeletor. (laughs) So you're an instant winner. Congratulations, Donnie and Tommy. I'm the real winner. Great kid. Don't get cocky. Way to stay humble, Tommy. I think, I think we're all the winners here. Hey guys, is there any shout outs or things you'd like to plug on the show? Let's go with Cam first. Yeah, it depends on when this is coming out. I am employee for NAMI Orange County, and we're having what we call NAMI Walks, which raises funds to raise awareness for mental health issues in Orange County. All the funds stay in Orange County and helps with community members and stays with us in the community, but also it helps link up family members, uh, people affected with mental illness, to get them the help they need with peer support as well as other family groups that are dealing with the same things. Super honorable cause. Please check that out. Thanks again, Cam. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Much fun as always. And finally, we have our now three-time champion. Two-time! Three times! Donnie. I, I don't have anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just plug my own business for the first time. So okay. uh, even Good. though, you know, it's super boring, I, I provide IT solutions for small to medium businesses. If you are looking to move your services to the cloud, anything from your phones to your servers, give me a call. 310-622-9731. Thank you. Look at that. Boring, boring, boring. It's sexy as rock and roll, but it's IT. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our show. Thank you. If you like what we're doing here and you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. At our Patreon site, you will see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show. So take advantage of those if you're interested. If not, please consider us next time. But if you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I promise to write you back with all the details you want. You can reach me or any of the judges at who will save Gen X at gmail.com. In either case, thanks so much for listening. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and subscribe for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Freddie Mercury wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian 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 Rhapsody. Mercury, I'm sorry, here we go. First take.
You don't want to challenge anyone, Dad? I don't challenge people. They challenge I, I, me. I'm a three-time champion. <laughs> the champ has to decide who gets a shot from, right, from this right. point on. Yeah. Right. Well, so. I want to challenge someone. You want to challenge your dad? <laughs> sure. I challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge you. You and me for uh, Friday night. This is entirely getting out of hand here. I, I challenge We'll talk you. about that later, son. <laughs> <laughs> Have your people contact my When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.